You're listening to I Got That One. Presented by Tom and Yvonne. It is finally upon us. No more quarters, semis, I know. double semis. I know. The end of the semifinals is upon us and has been upon us. And now we are just one match away from finding out who is the series champion of University Challenge. Who could have thought we've been doing it for so long now? <laughs> God, I feel remember, ancient. Remember how small and innocent we were when we did episode one? Oh, yes. All those many years ago. Yes. Uh, we've been to a different country now, different yeah. houses. Wow. Sorry, yeah. we're getting a little bit nostalgic. Yeah. Well, it's been great. I think this was a really nice way to close off the semifinals. Two mm-hmm. excellent teams, um, stellar, impressive performances, and so much to talk about. Absolutely, for sure. And this is definitely a clash of two different styles of teams we've been talking about before, where, you know, with Reading, with their very strong emphasis on Hutchinson and Ounsley's dynamic duo, yeah. or would Edinburgh's more kind of all-rounder approach to win out. And mm-hmm. for a while, especially in the first half, it looked like Edinburgh were just going to the Cinship because... They were all buzzing in. They were all kind of conferring quite well. Exactly. That's uh, who my money was on. I thought that Edinburgh was going to win for sure because obviously Reading is an extremely strong team. Um, but with Edinburgh, they're just more evenly spread out. Yeah. They all contribute. They've all buzzed in. They have a really great dynamic going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really thought they would win. But then uh, I think Reading, just their performance was today was, was exceptional, as Absolutely. usual, but I think in particular. Yeah, and um, I think the inflection point was during the music round where suddenly um, Reading took the lead and then just stayed there. Yeah. So we're going to be having a Reading Imperial final, and mm. that's going to be an interesting one because... Oh. Reading have lost to Imperial before during yeah. the quarterfinals. And Imperial is another uh, very evenly balanced team. Every single member of that team brings something to the table. Mm. Um, and they also work very well together. And they are, I think, one of the best teams that we have this series. So my money is going to be on Imperial for Still? the win. Yeah, but let's see. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, as has been shown so many times, we don't necessarily know uh, what we're talking about. But anyway, uh, before we wax lyric about that too much, let's first uh, give a bit of a post-mortem on the Edinburgh team. And I have to say that they have been one of those teams that have consistently really uh, impressed me in terms of their very strong buzzer game, their excellent conferring. It never felt like they were artificially dragging it out. They always seemed like they wanted to get it out so quickly. They didn't, you know, spend too long going, ooh, what's this, what's this, what's this? Yeah, exactly. And as Paxman said, they've had the straightest route mm. to the semifinals, right? So no higher scoring losers or anything. Uh, they've won both of the quarterfinal matches as well. So um, really, I think they, they had uh, everything that it, it takes, yeah. I think, to make it to this stage. Um, like everything you said, individually very strong, gelled very well together as a team. Um, so yeah, great. Yeah, and it's one of those teams where all four team members really brought something to the, to, uh, to the table. You know, Ben had just one of the most consistent buzzing games for the entire yeah, competition. Yeah. Really kind of brought it home. And, you know, also he had fantastic facial expressions and he was, you know, <laughs> almost thinking so hard. You could hear the gears turning. Yeah. It was fantastic to watch. Lewis was also fantastic as well. Uh, you know, Russell Jones and Thomas were fantastic. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, Richard Snow was a fantastic captain and Neil Conorepne was, um, mm. you know, absolutely 
absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think especially Thomas is buzzing on oblate, mm. which is both a, a concept in uh, kind of religion, but also geometry. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah. I really like seeing the team work out the space programs based on the orbit and the dates. Yeah. So some some really, really fun questions and uh, you can really kind of see how they work together. So really enjoyable. Yeah, it was really a team where you felt like they had good chemistry going on and that really, I think, aided and abetted their ability to come through this competition. Mm. And unfortunately, um, it was not quite enough to win it this time around, but they were against real, real stiff competition because I feel like Hutchinson now has a point to prove Yeah. because uh, he did say on uh, Twitter that the reason why they lost out to the Imperial game was because uh, they were slightly weak on their buzzer game. Yeah. But... Uh, I think he's uh, been uh, kind of working on that to really speed it up, and uh, it shows. Yeah, I think so too. And um, honestly, as well, um, fantastic duo together with Hutchinson. I think her, uh, again, the word esoteric mm. um, comes to mind, all the things that she knows. I, I really enjoy watching her work out the um, the adjectives used in Keats' poems. Yes. Uh, that was really cool, just kind of seeing how she, she deduced um, the answer mm. to that. Um, getting warm, for example, risen. I mean, some of these were not correct, but I think it was very, very good guess. Um, oh, for sure. So, yeah. No, uh, I think that she is one of those amazing, well-rounded individuals mm. that you meet now and then in the wild, yeah. where they just know a little bit of everything, yeah. and it's just so wonderful to just listen to them, th- uh, remember stuff, and think about stuff. Yeah, and it must be kind of wonderful to be in the mind of someone like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, Hutchison as well, because mm. it's very clear that this is a man who regularly goes down uh, these uh, rabbit holes on Wikipedia, which yeah. I love doing as well. Yeah, I have to say, Jason does also... Uh, seem to have improved a lot. Right? I think buzzing, he's coming into his own. He's, yeah, I think he's becoming more comfortable. And um, I think so. And I think it is tough, especially if you know English is not necessarily your first language. Mm. I mean, I can't speak to that, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, for for a lot of I think Indians, yeah. English actually is a first language. So it's depending yeah, it's on the, you know which household you grew up in. Yeah, so I think it's also the ability to speak many different languages. Mm-hmm. Um, that can also aid in your understanding of of so many things and and how you approach questions also. So it can be a strength. Of course, and you know I have to give a shout also to Kira Bishop because you know talk about being thrown into the deep end. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know her first appearance is oh by the way they've already come through to the quarterfinals. Your first matches again. Uh, Imperial try your best yeah but I think she's coming to her own honestly Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think that uh, she is a strong capable player yeah and she does have a place uh, on this team Um, Mm. and we have to remember you know just because the camera is not necessarily on them doesn't mean they're not taking part in the conferring yeah yeah and the microphone is there so that they don't have to you know like you know look at each other when they're talking necessarily Mm. even if you know socially it's a little bit easier to understand what someone's saying if you can see what their face is doing yeah absolutely absolutely. so are there any other performances we should talk about or should we dive into the questions Mm, I think this was uh, yeah in particular I mean again there's so many questions that impressed me seeing how the teams worked it out. So yeah, let's move into that. Okay. So I think the first thing I want to mention is, you know, my first true love, and that is uh, the dinosaur round. Oh, yes. That was just, (laughs) you know, I was one of those kids that, you know, his Mm. favorite thing to watch was Walking with Dinosaurs, the BBC uh, show. I watched that so many times. And movies like Dinosaur and The Good Dinosaur. (laughs) Well, Jurassic Park more. Jurassic uh, Park, yeah. Yes, those movies were also quite lovely. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were quite tough, these ones. I could not <laughs> say any of them because uh, they were a bit more kind of to do with taxonomy and so forth. Maybe with the obscure dinosaurs, not the famous ones. Well, I mean, you know, it would be a bit strange if a university 
Challenge Round was literally just named this dinosaur. Imagine if that's what it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could already hear the think pieces. <laughs> yeah. Like, how can they not know all of these? I mean, yeah. there's already been some pretty tiresome opinion pieces about how older youth of today don't know their Shakespeare anymore. Like, well, they know other stuff. Like, yeah, you know, come on. Exactly. Uh, you know, knowledge doesn't mean being able to remember which uh, Shakespeare quote comes from which play. Absolutely. You know, the more important things to think about. Yeah. Um, I, I like the um, stills from Absurd Place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or Theatre of the Absurd. Yeah, that was a second um, picture. Yeah, I think that can be fun because, you know, we have people like Ionescu um, and Thomas Beckett. Is it Thomas Beckett or Samuel Beckett? Samuel Beckett's quite an old uh, one, isn't he? I mean, most of these came out in the well post, uh, post-war period, mm. so not, not much older than any of the others. But I think with Absurd Plays, they're all very distinct. They yes. have very distinct styles. They all have one or two very memorable, weird scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, the first one from Beck- Beckett, is, it's very recognizable already. You just have people's heads sticking out of sand and, <laughs> you know, strange things like that. So that was fun. Yeah, no, I do... I have a, you know, there's a place in my heart for, you know, this weird, absurd stuff. Yeah. Especially when it's, when you use an absurd lens to portray a certain thing, it becomes more pronounced when you're trying to make a statement. Which is why I think um, Yorgos, uh, the film director, I can't remember his uh, Oh, yes, right now. the strange one. Yeah, the one who made the favorite and the lobster, the lobster. Oh god, yeah. Killing of a sacred deer. That was those films were well. The favorite was you know good, but the others were also good, but they're disturbing. Hey, you think those were disturbing? Good thing you didn't watch Dog Tooth. That mm. is next level disturbing. Okay, then I will not watch that. Great movie, but oof, I had a hard time sometimes. Yeah. But uh, other than that. Since we're talking about the uh, picture rounds, the first picture round, we kind of mentioned it, and it was um, the voyages of uh, probes. Yeah. And I think it's just really cool that you can see from the orbits uh, their destinations. And yeah, then how guess, long they took, right, to get to certain places. And then, you know, you can guess which one uh, is which. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Juno was the one that ended up colliding with Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Voyager 2 is the one that is still going in a certain direction. Yeah. And um, the other one, I can't remember, took my head right now, but... We've launched so many probes in so many different parts of our galaxy. I know, and there's still some out there, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they find. It's Voyager One or Voyager Two that are, is currently almost outside our solar system, right? I think so. I don't know. Yeah, they're getting pretty far, so it'll be exciting to see what they find once they get past um, mm-hmm. that last uh, ring of asteroids. Yeah, I'm most excited about the James Webb Telescope. Yes, mm. I can't wait to see what those images are going to be. Yeah, because that's going to be very kind of ancient images. Yeah, I the think, origins of the universe. It's exciting. I think they said that it would take a few months before the first picture yeah, started rolling in because sure. I think the file sizes alone must be massive. I know, right? So can you imagine a data transfer? <laughs> Good lord. Probably can't fit them when you Google Drive, I think. <laughs> You'd have to buy uh, the Business Pro plan for that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, other questions which I thought were good. Um, the thing is, they were all kind of interesting in their own way. I yes. saw that um, yes. Hutchinson was uh, kind of shouting out the question setters this time around because he was really enjoying just kind of mm. the ways they had to think about it. Mm, mm, mm. And so I think it's very tough to say which ones were clearly my favorites or I didn't like so much because I think they were all interesting in their own way, even the ones which are often tricky for me to answer for example the science-based ones yeah i mean uh for example the as i mentioned before the one on um adjectives used in poems by keith yes i think that was fun right because the the line was read out and then this particular adjective where the meaning of the word is given mm-hmm. and so you you have to base on 
kind of the meaning of it, but also the kind of language that would have been used in Keats's poems in the context of that particular line. And um, it's, so it's a lot of things going on there. So it was, as I mentioned, really, really amazing and fun to watch. Honestly, did you sing that? That's very cool. I also quite like the one about the Botai culture mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. that ended up being about actually the domestication of the horse, which mm-hmm. oh yeah, is fascinating because that really was a revolutionary point for development of lot of um, societies, especially mm-hmm. you know Eurasian societies, because mm-hmm. you know the way horses would dominate agriculture, warfare mm-hmm. became city symbols for the nobility. Yeah, because mm-hmm. horses are really expensive to keep alive. Mm-hmm. Um, how many horses now are in um, statues? That's true. See, of, of people just like heroes, war heroes, conquerors. Yeah, there's something which transcends cultures because you see that in the West, you see it in Asian um, yeah. communities as well. It's it's really fascinating just how much of an impact a horse has had on our society. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so I thought that was great. So, uh, shall we move into some stats? I think now is the perfect time for you to lay some thick, hot stats on me. <laughs> Why don't you put it that way? How can I resist? So, <laughs> with the final score of 145 to uh, 145 to Reading to 115 for Edinburgh, so I, I think pretty strong for a semi-final stage. Yeah, I'd right? say breaking the hundred mark barrier for both teams. I think yeah, and it just goes to show that both teams were actually pretty closely matched in uh, many regards. In many regards. So, in terms of starter questions, very close. Reading eight out of thirteen to mm-hmm. Edinburgh seven out of thirteen. Oh, so they both got equal number of questions. Yeah. Um, and Reading just got, got one more sort of question correct compared to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously they got that many more bonus questions and they did fare a little bit better on, on there. So 14 out of 24 bonuses for Reading compared to 9 out of 21 for Edinburgh. So that uh, brings Reading's bonus score to about close to 60% compared to Edinburgh's close to 40%. Yeah, and I think this is starting to show um, kind of what we've said before, right? That often it's it's very well and good having a strong starter get aim. Yeah. You know, being able to kind of get on the buzzer early consistently is very good. Mm. But often the difference will be how good your uh, bonus game is. Yeah. And you need to be aiming for those high 50s uh, percentage marks to really just uh, kind of get there. And yeah. that's what happened this time around. And, you know, there were moments where the Edinburgh team were really kicking uh, butts when it came to uh, the bonuses but then mm-hmm. it was somewhere they completely struck out and it was yeah. just really unfortunate yeah so for example if you look at reading's bonus score of about 60 percent like we've said before that's among the higher of the scores that we've seen for all the teams that are in the well semis and now the finals um 40 percent unfortunately is among the the lower range there so again we're kind of seeing this consistency right in in what makes a strong team in terms of just pure statistics absolutely and i think this is where it is the most important to have a consistent uh, line if you're able to kind of be consistently above 50 percent then i think that's a sign that you could really have the legs to yeah, make it through to the end absolutely so it was amazing that it was i think primarily hutchinson and Ansley, uh, not only with the starters but also the bonuses absolutely. so i don't know if, if if that can sustain them in the match against imperial that's why i said i doubt that because imperial is um overall across the board a bit stronger but let's see. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, I think uh, Reading now have the secret source of how they're going to maybe succeed. And it's really mm. just going to have to be getting in ahead of the opposite team when it comes to uh, the buzzers. Yeah. And we have seen in the past that uh, Imperial do take a little bit of time to get warmed up sometimes. Yeah, true. But I mean, for example, if you look at some of the strengths, right, we compare strength by strength. Yeah. Um, you have Ounsley, who's obviously very strong in her literature, but then so is Sharif. 
Yeah. Um, you have Zeng, who is Google Maps. I mean, I don't yeah. know why we're talking about that even. But then you also have me, who's so kind of a, a generalist. Um, you also have Jackson, who's who brings in that art, culture, um, sort of specialty. So, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say at this point. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it'd be tough to to say, and I'm not making any predictions. But uh, all I'm gonna say is that it's going to be an incredible match, and mm. I'm really, really. I know we to are it. very, very hyped. Yeah, I I'm actually generally excited about it more than I've been in a major sports competition <laughs> for know. a while. I know this university challenge just uh, may as well be uh, WrestleMania. What do we call it? Nerd Super Bowl. Yeah, we, I've called it Nerd Super Bowl in the past. <laughs> um, before we move on to the, you know, the part that everyone really tunes in. The real for, reason you're here. Uh, I want to pick your brain about something that I saw on the University Challenge subreddit. Yeah. There is a subreddit. It's not the most active, but mm-hmm. it is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone asked if they think that there should be a upper age limit for people taking part. Oh, well, I can see why someone would say that, because obviously someone older would have maybe a depth of knowledge, right? Uh, maybe they, they'd be stronger on older music rounds, uh, um, films that came out earlier, that sort of thing. And obviously they have just more years in total to have read books, to have amassed knowledge. So yes, but then we've also seen young players being um, trouncing older players, right? So yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where you kind of see, and if you're basically just off of the performance by Reading, then you could say, okay, maybe there's a point there because their average age is, you know, fair bit higher. Both Hutchinson and Ansley are you know, further older than the opposing team. But if you look at the champions of the last 10 years, the mm. oldest team average was 28 for the Manchester team from mm-hmm. several years ago. Mm-hmm. The rest have been between 22 and 25. Yeah, exactly. So I think age is, is maybe one factor, but there's so many other factors at play here um, that I don't think it warrants putting that upper age limit. And, and also I think we should encourage and be supportive of older adults who want to go back to university right and get a new degree I mean, or a higher education so i mean that's the main thing right because it's all well and good to say that but then it would mean that the open university will not be able to take part that yeah. back will not be able to take part because they are you know a graduate uh, yeah. college only mm-hmm. and it just seems an unnecessary way of kind of gatekeeping a chance to take part mm. and i think it kind of you know balances out because whilst you have a wider breadth of knowledge potentially when you're older when you're younger you have more free time to prepare for these things yeah you know you have the time between your lectures to sit down and prepare for this kind of stuff and also your reflexes are faster usually and, yeah i mean i think you also maybe absorb new information a little bit faster as well when exactly. you're younger right so i think there are strengths to being younger and also strengths to being older here uh, with not one being any better than the other, I think. Absolutely. I think it is genuinely one of those things where you can see where someone's coming from, but I don't know. I feel like it's trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. Yeah. Well. So uh, thank you very much for entertaining that little uh, brain woman of mine. Yeah. But now we need to talk about the real meat and potatoes of mm, this podcast. Lay it on me. Who is our best dress? Should we do a um, three, two, one? We haven't done that in a while. Indeed. Let's do a three, two, one. Three, three two, two. One. Hutchinson. Hansley. Oh. Oh. Now this is an interesting one because did we put Hutchinson as the one of the poll options? I'm not sure, Tom. You did that. I don't think we did. <laughs> well, I I was going to give it to Ansley, um, but I feel like you know uh, we we've seen that look before. I mean, elegant and chic and, and distinguished as it was. I don't know. I was quite uh, taken by Hutchinson's pretty colourful 
shirt going on giving me beach vibes you know cool teacher vibes so yeah my vote goes to him actually you know what i think that uh <laughs> taking it, it back? <laughs> i'm not taking it back but i do see where you're coming from and i think that yes uh it was tr- quite a wonderful uh shirt that he was wearing so <laughs> yeah. I can see that, but um, Ansley did win our Twitter poll. She did, yes. Yes, uh, second place going to uh, Sunda. Yeah. And then Miss Russell Jones coming in third. And although uh, Sylvian did uh, win last one of time, our yes. last time, uh, much to his uh, delight, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, it's not the case this time around. But I think that he just generally really brings. Just a nice, polite amount of class yeah, uh, to proceedings. Yeah, I agree. So, um, but there thank you, you very much. Oh, we only get to, do, get to do one more of these. I know, before we go into our break. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Now, mm-hmm. um, so I have high expectations for next week. Yes. You better break out the cosplay and the whatever, costumes. Yes, I think it should now be mandated Armor. for uh, the final <laughs> challenge that people need to just bring the loudest and proudest stuff they could possibly find. I know, just intimidate the competition, right? Yes, I yeah. throw them off. Yeah, talking about uh, elbow pads, I'm talking about spikes, <laughs> strips of leather. A horse. <laughs> sure, a horse. Yeah. Everyone needs to be on horseback for the final. <laughs> Although I can't imagine horses would enjoy the buzzer very much. Well, that's a running theme for this, uh, this episode. That's true. So thank you very much for listening. And I hope you'll join us uh, next week for the grand final. Yeah, if you've got thoughts on who might win, if you are one of the uh, teams that participated this year, you want to share your experiences with us, answer some of our questions on what was it like to prepare, how was it, what was your strategy, how was the experience, uh, please feel free to get in touch with us. We are on Twitter, as I got that one. And uh, you can even drop us an email at igtopodcast at gmail.com. Indeed, but until next week, it is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thank you.